Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, September 19, 2019. And today we are reading from the big book. We're on page 55. We're in the uh, third paragraph that says, we finally saw that faith in some kind of God. And... Uh, reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today, 12 Steps, Marge E, 12 Traditions, Madeline R. Readers of the text will be Anita L, Allison L, and Lauren N, our newcomer greeter, Elena A.M., and our host is Nadia B. So our reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, September 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13411, 13411. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 13412. 13412. OA Preamble. <clears throat> the Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This this is Marge E. from Massachusetts. Um, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Marge E., And next, Madeline R. will read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Madeline. 
Good morning. Madeline R. Recovered here in Pennsylvania. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Four, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeaters who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Madeline R. Okay, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I'll let you know by the same time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as, to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, the meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star one to unmute. Then once you're done sharing, you let us know by saying pass. Then you press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're resuming our study of the big book and we agnostics, page 55. They're in the middle of the third paragraph that says, we finally saw that faith in some kind of God. And Anita L is going to get us going. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, recovered for today by the grace of God. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. Okay, so what this paragraph is saying to me, um, that 
I need to have some kind of faith in a power greater than myself. Uh, for so many years of my life, I had faith only in food because it comforted me when I was a little kid. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what was going on at the time. However, I discovered that food, especially for me, sugary products would really soothe and comfort me and I could handle living life. And so um, it worked until it didn't work. And then I needed to find something else. And uh, I was so lucky. You know, my higher power just really knew that I needed something. And my life was arranged such that I was a roommate with this one woman um, when I was going to graduate school. And she was the one who gave me a newspaper article about Overeaters Anonymous. I'm so grateful to her for that today. And I came to OA and eventually, you know, not at first for me, eventually I came to believe that there was something out there, something bigger than me because I tried my whole life to lose weight. I could just never do it. And so finally, I recognized the fact when fear came in enough and I had that gift of desperation enough that I wanted to be well. And that's when it popped into my mind. And OA, they say, let go and let God. And so that's when I first met my friend, just like it says in, in here in this in this uh, passage, that um, faith in some kind of God, it wasn't the God, or my higher power today is not the God of my religion. There is a little piece of that of that religious God in my higher power. However, it's a loving energy that's all forgiving because I relapsed so many times. It's all guiding, loving, protective, and it's deep down within me. And when I meditate, and and I'll wrap up in a second, and try and, and access my higher power, I can feel that energy within me. And that's when I know together, we can do what I could never do alone. And I'm so grateful today. My life is beyond my wildest dreams. So with that, I pass. And I pray that all of you find your own higher higher power too. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Anita L., for getting us started on that powerful paragraph. So again, we are on page 55, third paragraph. We finally saw the faith in some kind of God. If you have not shared in the last day or two, let's give some new voices a chance. Uh, who would like to share? Give me your first name and first initial of your last name. Harlan G. Nessa R. Harlan. Nessa. Shannon D. Shannon D. Barbara E. Nancy P. Barbara E. Nancy. Louis L. Lewis L. Well, how about we stop there? That's six. That's a good lineup. So if you guys would press star one to make sure your phones are muted again, we can have a nice quiet meeting. Here's my lineup. 
Harlan G, Nessa R, Shannon D, Barbara E, Nancy P, and Louis L. Uh, Harlan G, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Harlan. Harlan, star one. Okay, sorry about that. I'm Harlan G. Kelly. I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. I want to thank you for your service, and I also want to thank Team Thursday for their service for making this magnificent meeting possible. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. I never thought of God as a friend. I thought of God as an adversary. I thought God was going to punish me because he was, or I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking he was punishing me. I was being punished. Let's be more accurate. He wasn't punishing me. I was punishing me. The disease was whipping me down and beating me down, and life wasn't going my way, and nobody was sticking to my script, and everything was just going north when I wanted it to go south and east when I wanted it to go west. So, of course, I blamed God. But it says here something that's very, very important for me. It says sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have to do the work necessary to find God. And I found out that faith is an action word for me. Faith is an action word because I cannot sit here. I don't know how it is for anyone else. I cannot sit here and start praying or start chanting and have things happen. That's not the way it works for me. Do I pray? You bet I do. I say that 10-step prayer 50 times a day or there isn't a cow in Wisconsin. I say, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. But I found that faith comes for me from action. And I have to serve others with no expectation of return. I have to get to a meeting. I have to answer a call. I have to help the newcomer. I have to help somebody that's struggling. And in doing that, I find God. In doing that, I find faith. In doing that, I like myself. In doing that, I can love you and not judge you. And in doing that, I find that God elevates me to a degree I never even imagined possible. I am in places in my life today that I could not get to on my own. He is a friend. I believe in him, and I know that he believes in me. It is a wonderful thing to be able to lean on God. It is a wonderful thing to be able to know that when I'm in doubt, I can have the faith that God is there and all is well. I am human. There are things that don't go my way. But in the final analysis, when my head hits the pillow, I don't have the shame and the horror of the things I've eaten today that I would not want you to know about. I'm clean. I owe no man a debt. I am Time, ready please. to live my life in God's world. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Harlan G. Next up, Nessa R. followed by Shannon D. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R, recovered compulsive overeater back in Toronto, Canada after being away for two weeks. I, I really missed you guys. 
Um, I um, came into these rooms with no faith that God would help me after years and years and years of um, asking him to make me thin while I continue to eat what I wanted and how much I wanted when I wanted. Um, and that faith was restored when I met somebody in whom the problem had been solved, um, you know, because, you know, he was a woman who had a life just like mine, perfectly imperfect, and yet was in a normal body, a normal head, happy, joyous, and free. And I realized that what all these years that what I called faith was not, wasn't really faith, was um, wishful thinking. And my faith uh, today is, is very strong that God will help me. Uh, but, you know, as you say in the room, um, and says in the big book, actually, God will do, will do for me what I cannot do for myself. And the corollary, which we, I often miss, was, but God will not do for me what I can and should do for myself. Um, and that is uh, two very simple things. Number one, be perfectly abstinent, entirely abstinent, and two, work the steps. And I was, uh, I, I'm never uh, um, more amazed at the transformation of what is possible that when I go away, because it doesn't matter where I go, my life doesn't change, my food doesn't change, um, you know, um, it, it just doesn't come into play. This program is so portable. I take care of my food, and my food does not drive my vacation wherever I go. Uh, I can find, um, you know, a couple of ounces of cheese and two tomatoes, and, and I'm happy with that. I don't have to even fast fancy restaurants, you know, just a nearby supermarket where I can find what I need is, 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 is sufficient. And if, if I don't have what I, uh, what I need, I always pack things that I can always do, and I carry them in my purse, you know, like vacuum-packed uh, drained tuna. Uh, I make sure that my abstinence is never at risk. Um, of, of chance, you know, whatever, are they going to have what I need? Are they not going to have what I need? And of course, the steps, I mean, they go with me because they're in my head. You know, it's now my new form of thinking. It's the transformation that God has affected in me that now when my nose is out of joint because of fear, resentment, or whatever, when things don't go my way, uh, my thought process is so totally different than it was eight years ago before I recovered. You know, it's completely different now. It goes wherever I go. My program goes wherever I go. And that only strengthens my faith that as long as I do my footwork, um, God will take care of the outcome. And, uh, and that's all I really need to know. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Next up is Shannon D. followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Shannon. Hey, good morning. This is Shannon D, a compulsive overeater from uh, Durham, North Carolina. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Well, it's only been a few weeks since I've been coming on this line, but it has been really helpful. I don't know anywhere else where, in my little world where the book is being studied quite like this. And um, I'm one of those people that has a hard time knowing what my higher power is, and so then, of course, it's harder to know what it wants for me. But um, I love what's been shared. And I'm a musician. And yesterday I took out my guitar to play for my students, and it, somebody had tuned all the pegs wrong. So it sounded terrible. And I have this little app on my phone where I, um, you hit a string, and it'll turn green when it gets close to being tuned. And when it's exactly in tune, it'll go ding. And I did that for all six strings. And then, of course, the instrument sounded beautiful. And that visual 
it's like a, it made me realize that's what, it made me think of my higher power and tuning in to my higher power and how I can take it in my own hands and tune my life all wonky and end up in food or unhealthy relationships or just over busy at work. Or I can take the time to really uh, drop in to kind of borrow a yoga phase and align something deep within me with something really deep within the universe. I mean, sound is never ending. And um, I do think my higher power has something to do with harmony, but it takes time for me to tune in. So I've been really inspired by the shares on these calls, um, especially the opening share this morning. It eased my mind to know that I can have a religious concept and that that can be different from the higher power that's keeping me sane and sober today. So I'm very grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for your share. All right, Barbara E., followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, my sisters and brothers. When I stumbled into OA, I was desperate unable to stop going back to the destructive food behaviors that were killing me, and my life was totally in chaos. I was truly on a carousel of horrors, unable to grasp the brass ring, and I had tried so many times, a size 24 and dead inside. What happened? 20 years ago, I found the answer in OA, And slowly, I found a power with a big P outside myself that would and did help me get off that dizzying carousel. I had fought the God concept for so long, but folks, it worked. I've been recovered now for 22 years. Why? I finally gave up my desire to scoff and trust that I had a big G that would be with me and loved me just the way I was, but too much to let me stay that way. I trust my higher power to keep my footsteps heading in the right direction, helping me to see life's gifts all around me, to see tough stuff happening in my life and the world and how my reactions have changed, to be the victor, not the victim. Like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, I learned that my higher power was deep within me all along, but it was covered up by layers of resentments, fears, and doubts. It had to be scraped away by working the steps wholeheartedly to stop trying to force things to go my way, to manipulate others, to learn to become more honest and loving of myself so that I could be more honest and loving with you, to just relax and wait to see God's hand in my life and ask throughout the day what my next right action should be. My thoughts and my actions are now being guided by my higher power. I know I can only keep it if I stay abstinent and work all the steps every day to be grateful that my higher power led me to OA and this beautiful program and that I've been recovered for 22 amazing decades. 
The 12 steps did result in a personality change, a process of spiritual awakening that took me to a place of transformation in the way I think, I feel, and behave, how to feel, deal with others without fear, guilt, and remorse. I've been taken out of a world Time, of consciousness. Thank you. And become more concerned with being of help of, to others to live a more contented life. I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara E. Next up, we have Nancy P. followed by Louis L. Good morning, Nancy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for letting me share. Let me just start my timer. Okay. Um, so, yeah, faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Um, for me, in that paragraph, the most um, telling sentences that sometimes we had to search fearlessly that he was there. So fearlessly does not mean painlessly. And, you know, I had to have, you know, I mean, I, I've been around for a really long time, for decades and decades, and, um, you know, I rejected this God thing. And, um, you know, the whole question that I ask sponsees, how's it been going doing it your way? You know, the God idea, our way didn't work, but the God idea did. Like all these sort of questions that we, that I now know and, and others have said that they, you know, went through when they were, um, you know, coming to believe, you know, g- getting through their agnosticism or whatever, where they had to go to get to be in a place of faith. You know, it was painful. It was painful because, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be not knowing. I, I, I feel like I know everything. I think, you know, like, you know, my dad used to say to my mom, you think you know everything. And she, she said, you, you don't know everything. And she said, no, but my problem is that I think I do. And I'm afflicted with the same thing. I mean, I thought I already knew, you know, and um, I didn't want that to not be the case. Yet, until I surrendered that, idea, I had nothing but pain, nothing but pain. The elevator only goes down. And, um, you know, but once I surrendered, you know, I'm sorry, I'm a one trick pony. Everybody, this is all I ever talk about. But once I surrendered, it was so profound. The change in my life was immediate and profound. I still pinch myself. And the fact that, and I'm not even, you know, I'm not even regretful that it didn't happen earlier. I don't wish to forget the past nor wish to shut the door on it. You know, none of that, none of that is what I want. Um, I'm grateful that I have what I have today. And um, I'm glad that I don't have to look for somebody else's God. Uh, You know, I, um, which I don't even like that word, but, you know, I heard from somebody on this line once told me that I was never going to recover if I didn't get on my knees. And, you know, in an unbelievable feat of self-restraint for me, I said nothing and I um, continued not to get on my knees because that doesn't make me feel comfortable or serene. So I don't do it. And I get to choose me for myself. It says so in the book. So, um, you know, my painful search um, was um, fruitful and um, I did find the great reality deep down within myself. And I, I'm so awed and humbled by that, that I don't have to look any further. I'm, it's all like one package, one little, you know, Ziploc bag is, it covers all of it. I don't have to go shopping for any ingredients. And um, I just can't, I can't 
whoops, there's my timer. So anyways, I can't begin to say how, um, how grateful I am. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Uh, next up will be Louis L., and then we'll be opening it up for more shares. So get ready. Good morning, Louis. And a hearty good morning to everyone, and thanks to Lizzie for everyone's service and myriads of share. My name is Louis, a grateful recovering food addict calling from Pennsylvania. And the assertion that really made a significant impact on my healing was searching fearlessly. Um, I thought I knew God until I came to this program, and it made me really realize that I really don't know God um, as intimate as I thought I did. And um, for me right now, God is the communal in terms of listening to the myriad of shares, extrapolating, learning, and really asking God to humbly um, help me to accept my current reality of struggling with the foods, of, of getting back on the trajectory of recovery, and asking God helping me to help me to be willing to do the necessary steps in terms of doing the steps, picking up the telephone and calling people, journaling, you know, reading the literature. And I was listening to, an, I'm in another program, and I was listening to the uh, message via the telephone, and they were talking about how healing is a evolutionary process. And that's what I'm coming to realize in terms of understanding God. Also for me, it's being in the water, I'm doing water aerobics, and it's helping me to get in tune with God because as an African-American, I could start singing songs that I learned in church and, and other songs, and I'm a vocalist. And it also enables me to get in tune with my body. And so um, I'm just really grateful for this meeting this morning because I'm thinking of the lyrics of a song that only takes spark to get a fire going and the fire and the spark has been each one of you because I'm I'm learning who God is for you and I'm learning what I could extrapolate from uh, the myriad of uh, shares so with that I'll pass thank you very much for allowing me to share well thank you so much Louis L for that share so if you're just now joining us, or if you forgot, like I tend to do, we are on page 55 in We Agnostics, the big book. <clears throat> We're on the third paragraph. It says, we finally saw the faith in some kind of God. If you've not shared in the last day or two, but would like to share on this paragraph, give me your first name and first initial of your last. Lisa B. from Boston. Leah M. Leah M. Okay. Here's who I have, and a bunch of jumbles. Lisa B, Leah M, KG, Craig F, Sandy S. I know there was more. I thought there was more. <laughs> wow. I thought I, okay, Ginger so. Ginger C. Roger. All right. Raj G. Let's stop there. Um, so here's the lineup. Lisa B, Leah M, Katie G, Craig F, Sandy F, Ginger, Ginger C, and Roz G. 
Everybody, press star one to make sure you're nice and muted. And let's get started with Lisa B. followed by Leah M. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm really glad to be here. My name is Lisa B. And I'm... Oh, there's a somebody, echo, but I, yeah. Everybody, yeah. please check your phone, star one. Uh, if you're on speaker, you need to get off speaker because that makes the echo also. All right, let's try it again, Lisa. Okay. Thanks so much. I'm recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and so grateful for this passage today that we're studying and for all the shares. I always looked at God as a human, as a doing. You know, in the big book, it tells us that we are um, to become get, getting in touch with the human being part of me rather than the human doing part of me. Well, I did the same with God. Like, what could God do for me? The other thing I did was um, I worshipped people and ideas, and um, but I really made people gods, and I treated. And I thought of God as a limited human being, but I made people as an unlimited God-like thing. Um, And, you know, I was looking in the AA 12 and 12 and step two, I was reading it the other day with a fellow, and it says in there, in no deep or meaningful sense had we ever taken stock of ourselves. And then it says, uh, we had always said, grant me my wishes instead of I will be done. And it also says here that, Um, we never made amends to those we had harmed or freely given to any other human being without any demand or reward. And it talks about how we don't take an inventory so that the grace of God could enter us and expel the obsession. The 12 steps places me in position, doing it in abstinence as a compulsive overeater. It places me in position to allow God's grace, whatever you want to call this higher power, to come in. And I never really wanted to know the being part of God. I just wanted to know the doing part of God. So when I was one day struggling in a lot of difficulty, um, someone said, when I feel like that, I crave my higher power like I crave air. And I thought, you know, I don't do that. So I started seeking my higher power and saying, I want to know you. I want to know you. Not what I can get from you, but I just want to know you, the being that you are, like a friend, you know, and that's when things began to change for me. So with that, I pass. I thank you for everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you so much, Lisa B. Next up is Leah M., followed by Katie G. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Beautiful passage today. We found that the great reality deep down within us in the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. You know, the image that I have is, you know, God is deep down within me, but I've obscured it. My big book tells me so. I've put up barriers between God and me. Um, And, you know, that's why there's such an urgency for the inventory process for someone like me. Initially, steps four through nine, and then, of course, the daily work of ten. Because what what are the barriers between me and God when I get rid of that? You know, compulsive overeating wasn't the only thing that enslaved me. Um, you know, I was enslaved by my core beliefs. I was enslaved by my attitudes, my perspectives on life, uh, the vision that I have. Um, on life and my relationships. I was enslaved by resentments, shame, guilt, fear. You know, the list goes on. And that created that barrier, that spiritual sludge. 
And when I get rid of that, when that is eliminated on a daily basis, I have a consciousness of God. I feel God, and I see the God in you. Whatever that means to you in terms of who your God is, I I feel that. You know, I, I have that connection. Ultimately, what that means for me is that I've had a psychological change, a rearrangement of my attitudes, ideas, and emotions, because my greatest obstacle to happiness and peace of mind was my thinking. So this rearrangement on a daily basis makes this sufficiency to overcome that mental obsession, which could potentially send me back to that first bite. So, yes, I have to plumb the depths of my personality and my attitudes every day. Every day, every day, every day, so that these steps can put me back together the way God intended me to be. And, you know, freedom isn't free. That's, that's the reality. The program of recovery gives me the spiritual work to get undisturbed. This is the art of, of being undisturbed so that I no longer need to seek a substance or a behavior outside of myself to get comfortable. <laughs> you know, I can feel the sunlight of the spirit. I can be warmed by the sunlight of the spirit. The big book teaches me that alcohol, food, is only a symptom of a greater illness. I knew everything there was about compulsive overeating. I was a very, very good compulsive overeater. I had a wide variety of experience with that. What I didn't know about prior to January 19, 1987 is how does Leah live in Leah without having to kill myself to get through the day or eat myself into oblivion or self-destruct by my hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort? How do I do that? How do I stay recovered, abstinent, happily? The program of recovery allows that to be possible. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leah M. Next up we have Katie G. followed by Craig F. Good morning, Katie. Hey, Kelly, my friend. Good morning, Katie G. Recovered in Boston. And, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we could read this paragraph and say, oh, this is so beautiful. We have to search fearlessly. So where am I going to go? I'm going to go to Kripalu, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to do yoga. Um, no, we have to search fearlessly. So that's step four. Why, why do I have to look at how I am not able to, to, to relate to anybody um, and how I judge everyone and hate everyone and I'm afraid of anyone in order to find God? Because when I'm judging you, I am playing God. When I am judging you, I am separating myself from you. And what is the one thing that's going to lead me back to the food each and every time is separation. I am blocked, and it's not enough, and, and maybe it's enough for you, but it's not enough for you to tell me I'm wrong. It's not enough for a sponsor to say, Katie, you sound kind of angry, you're wrong. It's not enough to listen to this meeting, even though it is a beautiful Overeaters Anonymous meeting. I have to search fearlessly, which I only learned how to do um, 10 years ago from somebody in whom the problem had been solved, and they taught me line by line, who you're angry at, okay, Katie, where are you selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? And we're going to get to that. I know we're on step two. I apologize. But we're going to get to that. And by the process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding everything, this isn't the process of going out and buying a book on how to relate to people that's not the big book Alcoholics Anonymous. This is for me to learn how to relate to other people 
because what I can see in all of you is me. And yesterday when I'm criticizing somebody for not giving me what I want, when I want it, don't you know I'm Katie G from Boston, I had to pause, take a deep breath and say, Katie, how do you not, how are you not giving her what she's asking for? She is clearly asking for something and you're not getting what you think you need, so you're criticizing her, good job. And then I'm not connected to God and if I do not do the work, eating will feel like a step up. So I get this great reality when I am brought down from the pedestal of my ego, and I'm just one among many. I'm just sitting around you. Um, the word compassion literally means to come with suffering, right? So I come to you with your suffering. I can see how if I'm disconnected from God, I treat you poorly. And, you know, maybe you are treating me poorly right now, but the main problem is me. And I know when I'm disconnected from God, I, 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 um, I'm going to treat you poorly. And so it's all about getting to God, subtracting everything that's me so that I don't have to kill myself or other people today with food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up is Craig F. followed by Sandy S. Good morning, Craig F. Good morning, Kelly S. How are you? Um, <laughs> Lovely. Is... Thank you. <laughs> This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, The phrase I like in this paragraph so much that I want to hone in on is is where it says that we find God deep within us, um, the great reality deep within us. It's right there. Um, You know, uh, I envision uh, this search that so many of us, had to do, you know, we search out there, we search for God, and, um, you know, I, I searched high and low. What I was really searching for was uh, the, the perfect theology. You know, I wanted, I wanted to know how many angels dance on the head of a pen. Uh, I wanted to know uh, exactly what form my religion should take. And I, I confuse that as a search for God. And this is much simpler. This is much, much simpler. I, I, I think that uh, I've seen people with PhDs in um, uh, theology and PhDs in philosophy uh, that could quote and uh, expound on uh, issues I haven't even thought about, and yet they didn't. They weren't able to act in faith. They they hadn't built a a they hadn't built a lifestyle of dependence on a power greater than themselves. And this book, this this program is is inviting us to uh, I believe a simple faith. And a simple faith that that simply says that there's a God and you're not it, you know. And if when we build on that faith, we find that reality deep within, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to know the nature of God. We we don't have to know how God works. I mean, there's some things that I'm going to assume that God is benevolent, that he's that he's full of love. Um, uh, he or she, that this entity I call God is 
uh, is loving and has my best interest at heart so that I can surrender my uh, life and will to him in the next step. Uh, I, I, I need to know that. If I'm going to surrender my life and will to that care, I want to know that that's a good God. And, uh, you know, but th- those are simple things. And then we're going to get to know God over time. You know, God's going to God's gonna reveal himself to us, just like you get to know a friend over time. You know, one of the reasons old friends are the best friends is we've seen them, we've seen them through everything. You know, we've seen them through the, through the worst and the best. And when, when we've been wrong and they've been wrong, and, and you know, and not that I'm God's playing. ever wrong, wrong but um, we've seen God through everything. And, and, and that, that relationship is what's important. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig F., for your share. Next up, Sandy S., followed by Ginger C. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, Kelly. This is Sandy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Asheville, North Carolina. And two things come to me with this. Definitely searching fearlessly. And he was there. And I... I've been in the program a very long time and absent a very long time and 100% committed a very long time. And just like was shared before, I, I feel like, like it's an old friend. My life is like an old friend. Anyway, the first thing I came up with, I um, recently did another of many fourth steps and I did a fifth step. And I came up with something totally new. I mean, I, I really feel my life is evolving and growing. And the new thing for me, what's really blocking me from God, is how super focused I am on two things. My defects, very aware of every defect. And two, of not knowing anything. I heard people say, I'm the, I know it. I'm the person, I know nothing, which leaves me in a pretty terrible place, like knowing nothing. So what I did was, you know, I just felt led um, to, to like, catalog my strengths, you know. And in this OA workbook, there was a list of strengths and examples of strengths. And I realized, for me, it's very important to counter all the things wrong with me, whether they're resentments, fears, dishonesty, self-seeking, I mean, jealousy. I, I, like, I know those like the back of my hand, but do I know my strengths? No. I have no idea. I don't own them. I quickly gloss over them. And for me, that is really important. This is an individual program. Yes, we all have compulsive overeating. But I think, you know, God directs me in how I can best heal, and I know that's doing God's will. The other thing is taking risks. I mean, I am taking a huge risk now. I have gone back into business. I'm 72 years old. I mean, because when I got out of school and my profession and everyone else went on to do big things, I went on to go to a mental hospital. And I feel I am at 72 in the best position I've ever been in my life, emotionally and spiritually. And I'm going for it. Age is not going to hold me back as long as that's my higher power still, and that's what it is for today. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sandy S. Next up, Ginger C., followed by Raj G. Good morning, Ginger. 
Hey, Kelly, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, this is Ginger C., and thank you so much for your service this morning. Recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. What a powerful paragraph and an amazing meeting. Again, thank you, God, for vision in this daily study that we get to come to. Um, so we found the great reality deep down within us. He was as much a fact as we were. He was there. So he's there. Where am I? You know, someone talks about this GPS, this God positioning system. Is God even on the map? You know, and so this is the good news. It's not to find. But someone mentioned it earlier. I do have to drop down and drop in, and usually I have to clear the path. It's pretty muddy. So what's blocking God today, right here, right now? And I found for me, I put the food down. I got clean and clear from food, yep. And I sure picked up another addiction. It was called money and shopping. And I went crazy and I got drunk on money. So there's many other effects out there too. You know, it could be sex. It could be gambling. It could be shopping. It could be booze. But I have to be honest. I think those indispensable three parts are so vital to this work, this honesty like someone said, the price has to be paid because it means destruction of self. I must be rid of it or it will kill me. Selfishness, self-centered, that is the root of my problem. That's where it all lies. So I have to do this work and I cannot stop and I have to be open. I don't know how God's going to show up. I don't know who's my teacher today. I just have to have this open heart, this soft heart that's receiving and then willing to go to any lengths for victory. Last night I was reading to a sponsee, and I got to tell you, all I wanted to do was watch Netflix. I just wanted to numb out. It was a long day at work. And the last thing, honestly, on my mind was reading with another. And thank God I follow this precisely, exactly. I want what those first 100 got. Someone spoke earlier. If you're in the pain and the nightmare of this, there are 12 steps, and you can get out of it. But I got to do it daily. I got to do it right here, right now. Someone tells me, Ginger, work it harder today than you did yesterday. Because I cannot afford to go back to that great lie that food is my friend. It almost killed me, and my family is counting on me today. And I hope my last breath is a sober breath off the Titanic that's sinking, no addictions, no effects except from a higher power. So God is everything or God is nothing. And what is my choice to be? And I get to make it every day and every minute of that day. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. And next up is Roz G. And we may have room uh, for a share or two. So get ready. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. My name is Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater in the city of Palmdale, California. I am so looking forward to the convention. Well, my beliefs were the very block, my religious, my staunch religious beliefs were the very blockage to my recovery. And after 30 years of those beliefs, I could not, I was constantly relapsing, like chronic relapser. And I, God was up in the sky. The God that I served was up in the sky. And 
I know in the book it says the father of lights. And when I hear of that, when I see that, I, I think that's good. You know, the father of lights, the sun in the sky. But as for me, an addict, the big book says that I need to find a power greater within me, deep down within. And I was afraid to do that. I was afraid that I would, you know, be blaspheming or, you know, uh, turning away from my religious beliefs. But after 30 years of chronic relapsing, you know, you think it it was going to work? No, it, it was, I was, even though I was worshiping the, you know, the father, a father up above, um, I was just as self-centered and I lived one way on Sunday, except for the, you know, the don't being at the, I was at the donut table on Sunday. I was at the buffet table on Sunday and I was at the potlucks tables on Sunday. And I really wasn't concerned about others. I was more concerned about getting to those tables. I was concerned about my kids. I have to honestly say I've always been concerned about them, no matter how much I was into the food. But I spent more time beating up on myself. And when it was, you know, proposed to me to, 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 to find attributes for a higher power that was caring and loving and kind, it was hard for me to do that. It, it, I, had to, I had to search deep within. And when I did fearlessly, when it, came, when it finally came to me that it's okay, yes, God is above, but it's, you've got to find something deep within you that is with you all of the time. Like Craig said, I, lo- I look forward to, to being with my friend. I have one best friend since I, well, I have lots of friends, but my best, best friend since I was 14 years old. I look forward to being with her. We have so much fun together. And yes, my higher power, the attributes of her and, well, she has, my higher power has some feminine qualities and she's not God, but she's kind and caring and compassionate and curious about me. Mine, please. And thank you and loving towards me. And it's working. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Raj G. And I have time for a one or two minute share for one person who would like that. Anita J. All right, yeah. Anita J. Take two minutes. Anita J's up. Go. Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Anita J. Uh, recovered gratefully. Thank you, God. I had to say that part of my two minutes. Um, that God was deep within me, and the clamors. Uh, from the world, all, all my misguidedness was everywhere until I began to hear his messages. And how did I do it? I, I just stopped listening to the radio or the TV. Uh, more and more silence. He doesn't often speak in the quiet that I deliberately sit, but he, I find him in. You know, I just came back from my very first cruise. You know, I, I never mentioned my my age, but I am actually, believe it or not, an octogenarian. To think that it took five, year, five years and seven months ago is where my life changed after being in since 1978. Do, do I saying God wasn't with me in those 35 or six years? He was there. I heard him once in a while, 
once in a while I realized he had always been there. And somebody had suggested a long time ago, line up what you want. And the amazing thing was, what did I find in there? I found that it was more like actually my other big book. The description of my higher power was there all along, but not just worldly clamors, but different. You know, I was a church shopper. Um, and all of that covered him over so often. It covered him over. Peel it away, and there he was. Uh, I knew no one on that cruise, but I had him with me, and I'm very, very grateful. I'm grateful I can do Time, so many please. things. And that is it, folks. Over and out. <laughs> Thank you so much for wrapping us up. Um, so, let's see. Where are we? Thank you for everyone who shared. A lot of hope in all the shares today. I uh, appreciate them. And appreciate all the service. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. Our share ID for this meeting today was one, or it is one three four two zero one three four two zero. So we'll now close with the reading from the Big Book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Allison L. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I sure will. This is Allison Al, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.